You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's almost like uh, after 30 years, he's become an overnight sensation because it feels like the rest of America is now experiencing Chris Mad Dog Russo because he's on first take with Stephen A. Smith. Chris has been doing this for a long, long time, battling anybody, everybody. Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM, Sirius, uh, that's uh, Channel 82, host of High Heat on Major League Baseball Network. Congrats, Chris, on this uh, overnight success. Uh, out of nowhere, Danny, you know how much I love coming on. How you doing, pal? Okay? I'm good. I'm good. You argue for a living, but when you go on first take, how much say do you have in those topics that you're going to be exploring? You know, more than I thought, uh, you know, um, we, they, we did a little baseball a couple weeks ago. I suggested maybe something on Krzyzewski yesterday because obviously, you know, the Duke game on on uh, Saturday and the fact they play today at noon. Uh, so I thought you had to do a little college basketball. Um, you know, I'm careful. It's Stevie's show. So, I mean, I get, you know, I, I'm new guy on the blog. I don't want to make any waves. I thought maybe you had to do something on Calvin Ridley, you know, with the gambling thing, with the one year. I, they agreed on that anyway. But, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I will basically – I will be gentle, but I'll suggest, you know, what the hell. I've been doing this for a long time. And, and as you said, it's almost like I've been debating my whole life. Half the time on Sirius, I'm talking to myself for three hours. So, as a result, I come up with topics. I did it with Mike. For 19 years, um, I've been on all these. I've been on with your show a million times. You and I have had plenty of debates going back to your days at Sports Center. So it's almost like I've been trained to do this. So I'm usually fairly comfortable. I think the two sports I'm a little shaky with right now. If there was a big boxing match, Steve's great with that. I'd have a little work to do. And NBA regular season, you know, especially right now where it's sort of in and out of the clouds when I'm more into the college um, you know, maybe it can be a little spotty, but, uh, you know, I'll adapt the way I have to adapt. But I've had a little say, I've had some say in what I think in a two hour thing. That's a long time, two hours to talk. So I've had a little say, a little say. The art of winning an argument. What is your art of winning an argument? Well, in the old days with Mike, it was a case of, you know, out screaming him <laughs> and, um, and, you know, maybe figuring out a way to get, you know, sort of wearing him down you know, the battle of attrition. And eventually Mike would, or me would just throw up the white flag. You know what? I'm not going to win this one to hell with it. All right, you win. Um, in this particular situation where you don't want to come across as a loud mouth bully, as you said, you know, who in America knows who Chris Russo is. So you have to be a little more gentle. And again, you know, I still consider myself almost as a guest, more so as a semi co-host. So I don't want to overstep my bounds. Um, but the great thing about him and I don't know if you know him that well, Dan. You may, I don't know what your relationship, but the great thing about him is he doesn't care who gets to credit as long as the show is good. And a lot of guys wouldn't do it that way. You know, in my show, I've been doing it for 10 years. You're a guest and you're going to follow my lead. He doesn't seem to have that attitude. So as a result, if I want to scream and yell about where Curry is with Bird, I want to scream and yell about where Wilson is with uh, Rogers. At least in the, last, the first couple of appearances, he's let me do that. So uh, I think I've learned in my life not to go too crazy because you can win an argument and still look bad. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. you can, all right, you win, but it doesn't come across well. And you also want to be likable. I mean, right? You're on TV, you're on radio. There's got to be a little likability factor. So you want to be able to get your point across. Great if you win. 
but have some fun doing it and you want that to come across. So if you have to lose an argument for the sake of losing it because it's good TV or good radio, I think I didn't know this 15 years ago. I probably know that now. He's uh, Mad Dog Russo. By the way, he's got uh, a new series of episodes on his Digging Up the Past podcast debuts this month. You focus on the history of the NCAA tournament. First episode is Magic Bird 1979 title game, and uh, you can get that on the SiriusXM app. Uh, What's the one thing that you would want the audience to take away from this that maybe you discovered on Bird Magic 1979? Yeah, it's a. uh, this is going to be all about the 80s. Um, and, uh, we did the first half, first, uh, 40 years, uh, last year. So this is the second part. We're going to break it down into five parts. The switch from NBC to CBS, the rise of the big East classic games and the bird magic thing. Now, obviously magic and bird are, you're not going to get them. So, yeah, you know, I did, uh, I did the interviews that Larry Brown was at the games. I did Packer. I did Bob Ryan. I think the one thing that I didn't realize Ryan insisted, and he was there, that Bird was hurt, that he hurt his wrist sometime in the course late in that year and didn't feel right that night. Now, he shot seven for 21 and was not a factor in the game. As you know, Michigan State, where you and I are old enough to know this, Michigan State was the much better team, and Bird was not 100%. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Ryan said emphatically. Uh, Packer, his theme is what you and I have always thought about, too. At least, you know, nobody really quite knew, watching those two players, how great they were going to be in the NBA. Magic slow, couldn't shoot. Bird, you know, you know, slow, you know, not a great defender. How's, how would his game translate? And Packer, on two or three cuts in that episode, which is 40 minutes long, in two or three cuts said, none of us thought that the two of them were going to be great NBA players, including Al McGuire. So I think those two little tidbits are interesting. And remember, too, Danny, you remember this. I did, too, because I was 18. I was in college. I was a freshman. Bird played two great games that Indiana State did before that championship game. They beat Moncrief and Arkansas in the regional final. That was the year after Mark Arkansas got to the Final Four, but Ron Brewer and Marvin Delph had, had graduated, so only Moncrief was left. They won by a basket, and Moncrief and Bird were great, as you know. And then in the semifinals, they beat Aguirre from DePaul, and Aguirre was great, Ray Meyer, and that game was by a basket. So they had played two unbelievable games, and then they played this terrible game in the final. So I thought that was interesting. A lot of interesting little tidbits. Um, you know, you and I, we remember it because you and I are old enough. Yeah, I mean, probably a little younger than me, but we're about the same age. So we, and you're, you, and you're a good player as it was. You remember all these games. But even I picked up on something. That's why these podcasts are good, is you do all these interviews with older guys who are still sharp as a tack, who give you good information. I'll give you one that you'll find fascinating. You ready for this? I did Bayheim on the Big East to talk to him and on his game that he lost to Indiana. In 87, when they lost Indiana, the chaperone who was in charge of getting Syracuse to and from New Orleans was crushed that they lost lost to Indiana. When they went back there in 2003, in New Orleans, Beheim gets on the bus with the chaperone, and the first thing he says, let's win this championship. 
It was the same chaperone from 1986. <laughs> if I Things like that that you pick up that are interesting, you know? Uh, if a bird or magic would be better in today's NBA, which one? That's you're, You can answer that probably better than I can. I think bird would be great. I think both would be great. I mean, magic, you have to wonder a little bit about his quickness, his three-point shooting. You know, if the game's different, you know, he was a – he was a wonderful fan, and he wasn't unbelievably fast. So it's a, it's a, and his three point shooting. Bird was a great three point shooter. So I have no, I think Bird might be a little better organized today than Magic would be because Bird was a great, well, they both were great passers, but Bird was a better shooter than Magic and a better three point shooter and everything else. So maybe Bird's game translates, but I think if you're an all time great, you're an all time great. And I think both of them. Uh, would be great today. And I made the point with Stephen A. last weekend, I don't know if you saw it or heard about it, and you might disagree or not, and I'm not arguing body of work, but if you ask me in the peak of their career in a seven-game series against an equal team who I'd rather have Bird or LeBron, I might take Bird. That's how good he was. Um, I think Larry, if he had stayed healthy, we always love to have that caveat, but – it wasn't till LeBron was around 30 when I said he's a better basketball player than Larry because there was a season where Larry averaged pretty close to a triple-double, and I think it was when he was 29 or so. And, you know, it, it was 39-8 and eight for Larry. And, and Larry wasn't about numbers. Everybody's about numbers now. Uh, you know, if you're 39 and eight, you're going to go, I'm going to average a triple double. You know, Bird, that, that, you know, he didn't calculate games that way. But right. um, if you said it's one game, I think, Chris, then, it, then it's an interesting argument. But well, I, I, said ser- I, I said series, you know, on a seven game okay, series. Okay, so one game, would that be any different? Would you, would you take Bird over LeBron one game? Must I, I think I, I th- he's a better shooter. He's a better shooter than LeBron is, and he's a better outside, and he's a better free throw shooter. Um, and here's the thing that I argued, and you would remember it well, and I think there's something to it. I've seen LeBron. He was bad against Dallas the year they lost. Yeah, he played terribly yeah. in that series. You you've been around forever. You ever see Bird in a big when he was healthy? You ever see Bird in a big series, lay an egg? I saw I, I him. I saw him have a bad shooting performance. I, I he had the bad game against the Lakers the year that they you know, Magic's baby hook. Yeah, because I was it, at that game, team. and I you know Bird and Bird had a chance at the end. He had oh, a, I had a wide open three. Yeah, he had a, a wide open three. James, you Worthy, were at that game. James, yeah, I was there. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that you were at that game, game five in, in the eighty seven. Where were you sitting that night? Uh, I was way up, way up. That was before sport. Were you doing Sports Center at the time? I was at CNN. Wow, you were at that game. That's one of the all-time great games. The the Magic Baby Hook. Yes, for you. Yes. Wow. But I mean, I was fortunate to have been around the NBA in the early. I the only person I didn't see in in person was Bill Russell, Saul Wilt, Maravich. You know, I, all of those great teams came into Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Royals. So I got a chance to see great players. So when people say, well, let's argue this, you know, I can, I, I at least have a reference point. And so you saw Oscar, yes. you're old enough to have seen Oscar as a Royal yeah. before he went to Milwaukee. Yes. We didn't realize how great he was because the Royals weren't any good. 
But he did this every night where he'd give you 25-26 a game, great free throw shooter, rebounder. But we also knew of him at the University of Cincinnati. So, right. so right. a lot of times we see somebody for the first time, we go, oh, my God, did you see that guy? Well, we had seen Oscar for, you know, six, seven years before he emerged on the scene in Milwaukee when he won an NBA championship. But no, I'm missing mid the missing ingredient. That's right. You grew up in Cincinnati, so you saw all those royal teams. Were you at the? Are you old enough? Were you at the game and when Kuzi put himself no. in and they blew that five point lead to against the Knicks? the Knicks? No, I was not. But uh, that was that was tough. We saw well, that set. You know that that made the Knicks break the record for consecutive wins that game. Yeah, was it eighteen, 18 or nineteen in a row? Eighteen, I think, in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Which the Lakers, which the Lakers obliterated, you know, two or three years later. But, you know, tell them, Danny, uh, Kuzi put himself in a game with a five point lead. What was it? 30 seconds left or something crazy like that. They lost I know. Something, something like that. It right? was sad when you saw it, because that's where right. somebody doesn't realize they shouldn't be in the game. And Kuzi was a player coach and he put himself in the game and I think had a couple of turnovers there. They ended up losing uh, before I six let- years. Six years after he retired, too. Six years after. Uh, if you were going to arbitrate baseball and its lockout, how would you – what's the solution here, Chris? I think they're going to get something done. Uh, you can't sit there and tell me this international draft thing. I know. Tie-in. Uh, that's not going to – I think that – I, whether it's today, tomorrow, I, I do think they're going to get something done. The owners did a hell of, listen, I know everybody wants to kill the owners, so I'll go the other way. I mean, think about what the owners have given to players here, Danny. You, you've you been following this forever. They went minimum uh, salary, went up to 700000 from five seventy. And then the deal goes to seven seventy. They took about the free agent compensation situation. They it went to the luxury tax, went from two hundred eight to $230 million. You know, from the last agreement last year into this year at 2.30, they at minimum, um, the um, uh, they got away the market manipulation, the Chris Bryant nonsense that we saw with the Cubs when he got sent down to the minor leagues and they for service time. They only took 12 postseason teams when they wanted 14. And here's the big one. They had never given a nickel into this. They put $40 million into the salary arbitration thing for one- and two-year players. So a guy like Carbon Burns, who won a Cy Young, would not be eligible for a lot of money. Now, in subsequent years, if they signed off this, they'd have $40 million to figure out how to use if you're a part of the player association. So to me, if I'm a player, I say, hold on now. We got minimum salary. We got CBT. We got only the amount of playoff teams we wanted. We got uh, no draft pick compensation. We got salaries. I'm an idiot. Let's go. I'm signing the contract. But, you know, they came up with this international debt thing. I think this will get settled here shortly. And I mentioned this yesterday, and you probably agree. Can you imagine if on April 15th, on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson, they're not playing in major league ballparks in this day and age? I know. Think about that, Dan. I know. I know. I know. They have to play. They got to figure this out. That's the the biggest embarrassment in the world. A week before the NFL draft, and they're on and they're on a lockout slash strike when Jackie Robinson, 75 years ago, played first base for the for the Dodgers against the Boston Braves, and they're not playing baseball. That you're not going to win. You're dead. You're finished in this day and age. So I think they're going to get something done. 
Always great to talk to you. Congrats on the success there with First Take. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. I saw this tweet from Tim Kalashaw, our good buddy. It's... He says, it's easy to make fun of Carson Wentz, and I haven't exactly shied away from it, but put him in the Washington offense, give the defense Chase Young and better health, and it's a three-way race in the NFC East. Cowboys backsliding, Eagles drafting big, commanders are coming. Okay. I mean, they're 7-10 and 10 with uh, Taylor Heineke. All right. Do I think Carson Wentz... Would I have taken the chance on him? I would have, but I don't know. I think taking his salary off the hands of the Colts would have been enough. I don't want to give up a couple of draft picks as well, but um, maybe, maybe he gets it. But at this age, he should be. I thought somebody was just going to wait for him to get cut. And then, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know who Washington was negotiating against. And I know there are reports that other teams wanted Carson Wentz. If they make the playoffs, then it's a win. All right. The last couple of days we've talked about, there was a survey done in England, and it was for the saddest song. And I think it was REM's Everybody Hurts. And then we thought, all right, we'll give you our sad song. And then we thought, all right, how about our happy song? So we gave you our happy song. And then Paulie goes, well, you know, we tend to skew negative. So how about the most irritating song that you hear on the radio that makes you turn off the radio, or change the channel. Todd, let me start with you. The most irritating song in your world on your ride home. Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime, I find hugely oh irritating. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another oh, part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. The chorus on here. This guy's a genius. It's so annoying and weird. Here he goes. Oh, my God. Uh, Guess who I'm going to go see on Saturday on Broadway? David Burns' Utopia. Really? Yes. Yes. And I can't wait. I think he's a genius. All right, Seton. Did I ever tell you about the time I almost ran David Byrne over with my car? <laughs> when we, we were doing the show in New York City and I used to drive in, I was driving home. And we used to, when you left our studio, you made like a left and yes. went a block or two and the West Side t- Highway was right there. I remember you telling me that. And I was, uh, the light was green and I was going to make a right on my green light and there was a man walking his bike he had a hat on and he was like a tamo kind of hat and he was walking uh his bike and i think that i either was driving too fast and stopped too close to him or something but i definitely gave him a scare and he looked up at me like what the hell is wrong with you and i was like that's david Byrne! oh my god (laughs) can you imagine if i just ran him over then i wouldn't be watching you know utopia on broadway this weekend true story all right uh the irritating song for you seton is uh well i say yesterday my my one seed is of my 
least favorite song is Come On Eileen, right? I just can't stand that. No. But there's another one. I feel badly about this because the guys in this band are all very nice and they are super talented. Um, and I think this just has to do more with uh, some of the radio stations that I've worked at. Okay. But I cannot listen to this song. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cut your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. You're saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since you looked at me. It's all about value. I can't. I cannot. I met these guys. They uh, they opened up for Hootie and the Blowfish when Hootie came back on their reunion tour. He, the lead singer could not have been a nicer they guy. Could not, I've met them several times. They could not be nicer yeah. people, and they're extremely talented. I, I wouldn't turn off that song. I've, so I used to work at like top 40 radio stations or hot AC radio stations, and I saw them in concert at least twice a year. And at the I think time, it reminds you of some bad times in your life, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even think about those. Uh, that's all long gone. Um, but man, it would be like every quarter hour you had at least one bare naked lady song mm. on because some about the timing and whatever. And it, it's been one. I've heard that song 15,000 times in my life. Uh, Marvin, the most irritating song in your life is. Man, people love this song, and I hate it. It was on my do not playlist at my wedding. I would have killed my DJ if he had played this song. Okay. Okay. Fritzy's actually singing the song. I, right I now. like Seaton's and I like Marvin's. I like those songs. Okay. Uh, That's a bold take on that one. Yeah. Pauly? This is like picking Michael Jordan as your favorite basketball player of all time. This is one of the most obvious ones, but it, I've hated the song since the day it came out. Okay. It was the number one song in the country for like a month. It was by a formerly great band, Jefferson Airplane. It's Jefferson Starship, We Built a City. We built this city. <laughs> It's yeah. a terrible song. We yeah. built this city on rock and roll. Built yeah. this city. Uh, you know, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Red Octopus is a great album, but this is not a good song. This is Michael Jordan on the Wizards. This is not even that. Yeah. Nothing actually this sums up 1985 better than this song. Um, it's Michael Jordan playing for the Birmingham Barons. <laughs> All right, Marv, uh, this is my song that I, I will change the channel immediately. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You just don't appreciate great songs. Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Give it, yeah. And it's a long introduction. They don't even get to the vocals forever. Got one of the greatest choruses of all time. Ugh. The union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. Yeah, I know. Just trying He's to be like too. Springsteen. So too. And then Todd always does the sound effects. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever get your podcast from he's jason clark great actor zero dark 30 he was the star of that or one of the stars and he portrays jerry west in the new hbo series about the showtime lakers called winning time jason clark joining us on the program what do people say when they see you on the street uh, it's funny. It depends where I am. Like when I come in, when I fly into the airport, say a lot of the guys are ex-servicemen there and they've seen Zero Dark 30. So they're always very respectful. And I, I find that, you know, with every, you know, police officers from Chicago that I wanted Chicago code, they're always lovely to me whenever I go there and you know, on the whole. Other than that, a lot of the general public, they don't really understand or know that I'm Australian or they don't recognize me. Or when somebody do it, kind of like, okay, they're very nice though. But I asked Keith Urban about this, that he's yeah. got that Australian accent. He's from Australia. But yeah. I didn't realize it until you talked to him. And then you're like, damn, it just is so strange. And he goes, no, it's not. He goes, you know, the Beatles were from England. And, yeah. you know, when they sang, nobody said, oh, they sound like they're from England. How do you, yeah. how do you make that transition from that accent to just sounding like you're American? You have to. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of, it's a blessing actually in my mind because it, it makes you not lazy because you have to do a different accent. Australia, the Australian accent is a very, is a very you know, way back in the mouth and, you know, how are you doing? You know, you can't really understand, you know, and it speaks like that, but it, it, but it makes you do the work, Dan, you know, and, and that's, um, you know, and I find a, a person's voice or a person's accent, you know, where they speak from gives a lot of indication of who they are and what they're about, you know, and how they grew up. For, you know, for Jerry West, I did, you know, the governor of West Virginia, but like his accent is stronger than Jerry's say. So I will use that to warm up and, and get my muscles going bigger. And then I'll come back to Jerry's as well to tone it down a bit. You know, did you meet Jerry West before playing Jerry West? No, I met him on your show, watching a lot of stuff, a lot of your interviews and listening to a lot of, I should listen to a lot of your stuff. Dan. I was very excited to talk to you. Um, and I thought about contacting you before we were shooting, but um, you know, I, I knew that you and Jerry were friends and I, you know, I didn't want to intrude on him and his, and his business. Um, more than I have. So, uh, you know, uh, it was it was through, you know, your Westwood, which I loved. It was through your interviews with Jerry over the years, you know, which I listened to of, you know, we start early on, you know, but now I, there's a lot of clear pictures of where he's at in 2016. There was a vocal, it was an interview that you did. I listened to a lot for his accent and the way he spoke. And then, you know, and Westwood, which I loved and the final interviews you did with him at the end. Beautiful, really beautiful. What are you trying to capture with Jerry? I guess I guess it's a I guess in a funny way I'm doing my own personal version of of West on West an exploration of of you know this man this logo this icon this this little boy from West Virginia this um this older man who you know lost so many people including Kobe recently in that and he's and a man who you know uh, the thing I loved about his book Dan was 
he kicked it off with this is this is my exploration of me you know and then I, and then you'd hear his son ryan read it which I thought was really beautiful and that you still see a man trying to understand himself and life and things in it and that's what it is for me as well to, to represent who he was at this particular time when we kick it off in 79 who the writers are writing and then give some kind of essence of you know the heart of of what it is like to be you know a jerry west and as an athlete i was struck by the way he talked about his issues and his problems and and it wasn't like i'm going to sum it up or i'm going to everything's solved he's an ongoing thing as we all are and i think we all should be open about and, and about as we go through life and and that's what i'm doing you know this is no end result or this is no definitive version or i think i'm, I think I'm the only person to play jerry west at this point am i i'm not sure probably but, so you know, Probably so. Yeah. But I, I was wondering about, as I watched the first episode, you're capturing somebody who is in constant con kind of conflict with what he was, who he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he didn't win. It eats away at him. He was MVP, but lost the NBA finals. You know, now Jerry Buss is talking about drafting Magic Johnson and Jerry doesn't want Magic. You know, he wants Sidney Moncrief. Like, you're, yeah. you're, he's so combustible. Even the scene when he's playing golf and he breaks the, you know, you break the golf club there. Like everything about him is, it, it's so intense. Like how do you tap into what is that that I'm trying to kind of unveil? What here? is it? I think it's like, like I care so effing much. Yeah. You know, and he talks about that. And I've had my own struggles with that, you know, with this, the business that I'm in and your loves, you know, when you love big, of course you're going to get hurt. It takes you a long time to understand that that's okay though as well. Because it's just, you know, you, you, you know, and I and I can relate to that. He talks about it a lot. I care so effing much, and even at times he tips over into he thinks other people don't care as much, yeah. which is a weird judgment as well. And then it it leads to a lot of combustibility. But he talked about that with me a couple of times, where he couldn't even watch the games. Yeah, he, he had to drive around Los Angeles during yeah. games. Uh, that he slept with a shotgun under his mattress because he was going to kill his dad if his dad yeah. abused his mom again. I, I just, I can't imagine what must, like he hated losing. I don't think he loved winning. He just hated losing so much. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, he's one of my favorite people that I've been around, but I didn't play against him. I wasn't trying to be a GM when he was being a G like all the things where you go, man, I don't want to compete with him. And even now you're competing with what our image is of yeah. Jerry West. Yeah. It's funny, Dan. Like, <clears throat> there was an interview you did in 2016 where he was at the, uh, he was at the, um, the golden state and he's talking about how he didn't like, uh, you know, these players hugging each other and swapping jerseys and all that. You guys are talking about that. And I was actually at the Lakers when they played the Pelicans the other night, you know, and I, and I'm just, I just sat down with John Riley and, um, and the first thing I saw and I noticed rather than, wow, I'm here on court. So I was like, oh, those two players are hugging each other. They're on opposite teams and they're, they're giving each other a hug. Jerry would hate that. What's going on here? You know what I mean? That's not, that's not how you kick off this. You guys are on a losing streak. This is going to get, you know. Um, yeah, it's a funny way. There's a, you know, there's a couple of things I've loved understanding basketball or, or beginning to and, and, and going into it, you know, and I've loved talking to guys like you because there seems to be such a wealth of knowledge and preparedness with the interviewers. Like everyone we've talked to on the sports side of it, you know, and this is not to disrespect anyone on the film side, but there's just a deeper understanding 
of discussing it and thinking about it and allowing it to be. And I guess it's more, you know, it's more obvious black and white than sports say with an interpretive art. We're talking to Jason Clark. He plays Jerry West in the new HBO series about the Showtime Lakers. You bring up a great point or a great point is brought up to you about walking like an athlete. Mm. And, and you can see people and you know they were an athlete or they are an athlete. And when Jerry still walks in, he still looks like that that was that's a star that that that's an athlete he has the long arms it was just there's a presence about him that feels almost a throwback in hollywood where you're back to the black and white era and uh he just looks like a leading man jerry's con- i mean yeah jerry, i mean people forget jerry's conducted his life in front of people since high school, since that game in Westford, you know, you'd say arguably that big game in West, you know, he's conducted himself in front of people for a long, long, long time. And um, and he carries himself in a certain way. You know, absolutely. Does he still train? Does he still does he still exercise? He golfs, I know that. Golfs. And he plays yeah. gin, but he's one of those guys that he always looks like he came out of a catalogue. Yeah, he looks like he looks after himself. He eats well, you know. Yeah, and um, takes care of himself without being too. It's like you it, know. Joe DiMaggio was still alive. You know that that you know <laughs> yeah, that presence yeah, that yeah. they when they and he dresses well though too. Oh, I, love I know the way he dresses. No, yeah. he's right out of GQ. He's right out of a catalog. <laughs> but but you do know when like there's certain actors and you've yeah. been there in the room when you go oh damn like somebody walks in and you go oh what when I when I met Michael Douglas I was yeah. like. Oh my God, that's a movie star. When when he walked in, yeah, like, it's oh. fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. You know, one of the things was Heath Ledger. I knew Heath many many years ago, and and Heath always had something about him that was, you know, quite special, quite extraordinary. You knew that, you know, something it gravity, you know, and the camera gravitates to him. People gravitated to him. Uh, Clint Eastwood, when we met him Clint. a couple of years ago, like we're all nervous. We're like, there's Clint Eastwood. There's Clint Eastwood. And I walked over to him and said, hi, Clint. I'm Dan Patrick. He goes, yeah, you are. Yeah, you <laughs> And, that, and that, that was it. Yeah. But he's got it. So he's got an amazing, what, let us such. You know, remember that? I love, I think it was one of my favorite movies. That scene where he's filling up there, give me, hand me that rifle, you know, and the bullets too. Yeah, oh, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. And he goes, what letters and such? You know, it's just such a crap. letters and such. Outlaw, outlaw, you know, Josie Wales. He just fired, you know, killed five dudes. Um, it was funny. The other thing that was interesting was I really learned to hear Jerry swear on your show too, and some of the outtakes and some of the lead-ins. I heard the first bits of that, which was a real another key into. You know, the public Jerry and the private Jerry and the relaxed Jerry or the on Jerry, you know, and um, it's jarring. It was jarring for me when I heard here. Oh, for when me I was, as an actor, I was just like, yes, yes, I can hear him in there now. <laughs> I'm getting, you know, because he is, he, he's, you know, he, and he has to conduct himself as well. When you're talking to, you know, when you're, when you're courtside of the game or what, everyone's watching what you, you know, you say, he's not doing that, but like, I don't want to what you're saying anymore because you're, you're on camera and it gets in so close. So, but, you know, it was funny because I, I swear a bit in there, you know, and I, I go over the top as well. You know, it's with TV and we're, 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 we're reinforcing the legend as well as, you know, the reality. Yeah. And, um, but it was, uh, you know, it was, it was good to hear that. And then there was, a, there was, there was another guy that worked with him that said, yeah, you know, yeah, Jerry fucking swears a lot. <laughs> you know. 
Jace, congratulations. Great to talk to you. And, Thank uh, you, mate. And, and good luck with this. And, I've got uh, to show you something before you go, though, because I've, I've watched your show because I've been listening to it. I put it on my iPod and listen to it all the time. Did they, that's how I warm up. Your 2016 interview for starters going on. I warm up by listening to that again and again oh, and well. again and again and again. But um, look at this, dude. <laughs> so that's the Jerry West bobblehead. Is it good? Is it good, Jerry? Yeah. Am I doing good? Am I doing okay? Is he going to like me? No, 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 no. He's not. <laughs> yeah. I are you curious what Jerry thinks of you playing Jerry? You know, I am. I am. Of course, I am. Of course, I care. I deeply care. You know, I understand that. You know, you got children. You got to do it. It's a different time now and period, and that there's a lot of concerns, and it's yourself and you know, that it's not something that maybe he's welcoming of and everything. And and um, if I ever do meet someone, you know, I reached out out of courtesy, but I, I don't want to talk about it at all. I'd love to have a glass of wine with the men and discuss art, you know, or, or the things or the history. We have a lot of similar interests. And um, and, and so, I, you know, I would. Um, you know, I get it. But at the same time, you're Jerry West. I guess you've got to expect that in your heart that somebody sometime is going to play you. And... Um, and so long as they're not disrespectful and so long as they're, you know, they're not libelous, you know, it's going to happen when you've done what the man's done. So I'd be more than happy to have a glass of burgundy and not even bring it up. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Good luck. We appreciate Thank you joining you, us. Cheers, mate.